You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfits? I'm on a ward tour with Muhammad, my man. Actually, there's no man, there's no guy named Muhammad, but I am on tour. I am on my college tour, which has me crisscrossing the country. And right now, I am coming to you all the way live from Milwaukee. This is not my first time in Milwaukee. Probably won't be my last, but all in all, um, this city brings out a lot of conflict in me. I know you're like, what's going on in Milwaukee? Well, when I got booked to come here and perform at Marquette University, I'd been here before. I have a great friend who's actually been a guest on the podcast, Rob Biko Baker, go back early, early, early on to the social misfit inception. And he was one of my early guests. So I've been in Milwaukee before when I hung out that time, I went to the black part of Milwaukee. And this time I stayed pretty much downtown where Marquette is located. And so I had to find a hotel that I wanted to stay in. And I just kept finding all the hotels were like legit four or $500 a night. And I'm like, who the hell is coming to Milwaukee? No shade, but all the shade. Like it's just not one of the big destination cities that people talk about and people hear about it. And they're like, uh, beer. But I was trying to figure out who always coming to Milwaukee. So lo and behold, when I come here, I find out that this weekend is the Harley Davidson motorcycle anniversary weekend and Harley Davidson was started, I think, or built in Milwaukee. So there's nothing but bikers all over the town, which is funny because the town is known for two things. Either it's wintertime in Milwaukee or it's construction because all of the salt and snow fucks up the road so every time that the weather is nice like now they are doing massive construction on the streets so these uh harley davidson drivers ain't really going nowhere they're doing laps around the city and there's no place for them to like really congregate and in my mind i was like oh i wonder if this was what black bike week was but no it's not this is a bunch of like middle age to old as fuck mostly Caucasian people are we allowed to say Caucasian anymore is that like passe have they just agreed that they're just white um and Caucasian is not a place but a term that was created to add something else to the mix I don't know but it was a bunch of older white people and I'm cautious about saying white because I was told recently that you know you can address race Chloe without saying white but like once you say white then people tune out which is weird because I'm like well when did white when did calling somebody white become the equivalent of calling somebody the n-word and yes, I do say nigga from time to time, but I'm on a nigga diet, which was brought to my attention by a student. She was like, it's so fun, you know, to see a black comedian come here because we don't really see that many black comedians come here. But like, I was surprised because like you was keeping it real, but you didn't say nigga at all, not once on stage. And I was like, I wonder if she says nigga or if she's like, you know, my teacher's talking about doing a nigga diet. And I was like, yeah, I am definitely on that diet. Um, I do say it uh, pretty often with some friends of mine and we all agree that we need to cut back on it because what happens is when you kiki in with your homies, yes, you can kiki with 
heterosexual males or whatever kiki is like just synonymous with like kicking it now like there's no there's no more gender um association to the kiki or sexual orientation associated to the word kiki so anyway when i was kiki with me and my niggas <laughs> uh we all realized that we gotta stop saying it because when you are in a kiki's environment and all of a sudden you get really comfortable because you know like how you talk in conversation with people that you're not really too too cool with or like maybe it is like a business not business business but like more business oriented than like casual friends and once you know your mind relaxes you know what I'm saying like we all have that moment when you're having a conversation but like you really just relax into what the hell you're talking about because it's getting really really good and you really like the fences are down and like instead of you being like I know right that's crazy like all of a sudden you're like yo that shit's wild and you're like ooh, 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 too comfortable too comfortable too comfortable so that's what I've been noticing that sometimes even on stage or in conversation like business conversations legit I've been like yeah that nigga is crazy or whatever and I don't want to say the n-word so anyway backtrack white people all of a sudden don't like to be called white I try to bring up Caucasian but I feel like that doesn't feel right so anyway I was in Milwaukee and it was the Harley Davidson reunion 150th anniversary weekend and it was a lot of non-people of color (laughs) who were cruising around the city in their loud ass motorcycles and so because they had blocked all of the hotels I had to stay in a casino now this is my second time in a casino for comedy related purposes this year I spent a week in a Borgata in Atlantic City which was amazing I enjoyed myself in a casino I felt like that movie with Tom Hanks when he um his country goes to war and he's like has no country so he has to live in an airport like that's how I felt living in a casino for a week very very interesting stuff so now I'm in another casino but this one's smaller but this one is owned by Native Americans in the Milwaukee area and I'm not even about to try and butcher the name of the casino but I'll put it in the description of this um episode so I'm checking into the casino and I'm there early and everybody's really nice and I get a nice room or whatever. I am about a mile away from the college that I'm performing at. So I decide to go downtown to get some food because they have really good, um, really, really good like seafood here. Like, so I go downtown to go get me some nice fresh seafood. And then I decide to walk back across town to my show and then walk from my show to the hotel. Yeah, I'm doing a lot. I understand. I get it. I'm a native New Yorker. So like a mile is nothing like something that's a 20 minute walk is not that like serious to me. So I'm walking and I get home. And so the next day, my friend Biko um, and I talk on the phone because my trip was so short, I didn't get a chance to see him. But we talked on the phone. And he was like, oh, so what are you saying? I'm like, oh, I'm saying the casino. It's only it's only it's the only casino in town. So I'm like, I'm staying at the casino. And, you know, my show wasn't that far. So I just walked. He was like, what? He was like, I'm surprised you didn't get picked up for sex trafficking like you didn't get kidnapped and I was like ha 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 that's funny he was like no no no, I'm serious he was like I'm joking but I'm for real and I was like what and so then I remembered that when I was walking home from my show basically I'm walk I walk like a straight a straight line like just walked this one complete avenue or street but there was like an overpass over like a, a 
like a, I want to say like a train yard or yeah, like a train yard or like some factories or some, some like shipping area, but it was like an a overpass that you walked over. So it's kind of highway feeling. And so I remember walking this mile back to my hotel and I saw a billboard on the side of a bus stop that says we um, Milwaukee we need to talk about child trafficking and sex trafficking and I was like what okay all right like that's interesting and then I'm walking I'm walking I'm walking and it's kind of dark but you know I'm fine and I believe in myself and <laughs> and then I see a bus like turning a corner and on the side of the bus was like be alert for sex traffickers. And I'm like, what the hell? But you know how you see something and you're just like, um, that's weird. And you keep it moving. So when I talked to him and he said that to me, I was like, no, what is going on? He goes, Chloe, Milwaukee is the hood. Like, don't think that shit is sweet here. Like we have a real serious problem with sex trafficking and child trafficking. And I'm like, What? like for real he's like yes and he and I was like well what you know me I'm always trying to get down to like the why of everything like well why is it like that and he goes listen when the economy shifted here a lot of people lost their jobs like this used to be a hub for a lot of breweries and factories and all those jobs go Harley Davidson like all those jobs go away so people got to figure it out and you know we have real pimps here. There are real pimps here. And he was like, I'm sure when you was walking around the casino, um, not paying attention, like there was men there, like scoping you out to see like if they could slip you a drink or whatever. And just, you know, the next thing you know, you gone. And I'm like, it is exhausting being prey all the time. It's exhausting being prey. And when when people have conversations like this, so matter of factly, and I'm not trying to undersell or I'm not trying to um, alleviate the severity of the situation that, you know, my friend was saying to me, but for him, he lives here. He's an activist. He works in a community. So this is a reality. So it's just like when you talk to somebody who lives in a space that is reality, like if you talk to somebody in Syria, who's like, yeah, they've been bombing my neighborhood for 10 years now and shit's fucked up and all my family's dead. Like that doesn't erase the severity of it. It's just their reality that the so that they talk about it is just it becomes matter of fact. There's no real emotion attached to it, but it is a problem. And so when he said that to me, I was like, damn, like it's exhausting being prey. Like women and children are prey. The fact that the city sat down and was like, yo, we need to set aside a budget. We need to get a photographer. We need to get some models. We need to get hair, makeup, wardrobe. We need a location so we can shoot a photo so that we have something to put as a poster for our Stop Snatching Bitches and Kids campaign. Like legit, there was a meeting in the town. So when you have a meeting about doing publicity, promotion, press, branding, 
to alleviate a problem, that means the problem is huge. Do you remember, I may be old uh, aging myself, but do you guys remember when the AIDS epidemic hit the mainstream and everybody was talking about AIDS and the quilt and people was marching and the press that it was getting and the like you know get tested and you had Ryan the kid the boy Ryan who got it from a drug a blood transfusion then you had the little black girl Hadia um something I don't remember her name but you know what I'm talking about and she got it I think from her mother like the AIDS epidemic PR push was massive because it was trying to inform people that there's a problem. But do you know how much has to happen before get people get to that point? So before the city of Milwaukee decided to do this anti snatching bitches and kids up campaign, you know how many people had to have gone missing or been snatched up? For them to be like, we have a problem. It's just like the opiate problem now. Like all of a sudden people are like, oh, we have a problem. Yeah, you think you got a problem? Whole cities are overdosing on drugs. Yeah, nigga, you got a huge problem. See, I got to stop saying nigga. But you know what I'm trying to say. So then I start thinking about, okay, well, what happens? What happens to a person that they feel that their only livelihood could be to legit kidnap a woman or child and use them for the sex industry. And then I thought, well, damn, is this taken? Like is Liam Neeson in Milwaukee right now? Because we really don't address the issue of sex trafficking. And I know every once in a while we'll come across a story on Facebook where it's like this, and this this is a true story that I actually did see on Facebook. Airline stewardess comes to the rescue of a young woman who was being sex trafficked because she was watching her body language and the young woman was with the man, but the man wouldn't let her talk or like really leave his sight. And the black flight attendant and the girl's white the black flight attendant went in the bathroom and left a note for the girl in the bathroom and so the girl like alerted her through the note that like yeah I need help and so when they landed the stewardess had already called the police and so they got the guy but did you know that airlines are training flight attendants to spot women and children who are being trafficked Like they teach them what signs to look for so that they can stop, you know, these people from doing this like that woman did. But we don't have this conversation and we don't have this conversation because this country has a real problem admitting that shit is fucked up when it comes to protecting the vulnerable. And I'm not saying that all women are vulnerable, but in the situation of a woman who's minding her business, walking down the street or even, you know, staying at a hotel or a casino, being apprehended and drugged and kidnapped by a man or men like, yeah, we are vulnerable. And I will say this and I've said it before. I am very grateful that I am a big ass woman. I'm six one in the 200 pound less than 250 but more than 200 pounds um I'm in that 200 range you know I got some weight on me I play sports I've taken self-defense classes and I am not an easy target but I realized that my height my size and my confidence because confidence matters 
is it's given me a different perspective as a woman, especially a woman in the Me Too movement, because I've had guys say crazy shit to me, but I've never really been in a situation. I can think of one. I've been in one situation where I felt like I might have to fight this dude to get away because he's that aggressive. And thankfully, I didn't have to do that. Somebody like walked by and kind of like made him realize that he was wild and out of control. But I've had the privilege of not being prey. But I can't say the same for a lot of women that I know. And so being in Milwaukee just reiterated like, yes, this government is attacking women from like a reproductive standpoint of telling us what we can and cannot do by this whole ruse of like being anti-abortion, which they're really they're anti-abortion, but they are also not pro kid. So the government does have a way of like splitting hairs on that one for their own religious and egotistical um, reasons. But when you have all of that going on and you're thinking, well, I'm under attack economically, I'm under attack policy wise, and now I'm under attack on a person to person level. But sex trafficking to me is just like beyond anything that I can even contemplate. Just the system that goes into place in order to kidnap, confine, enslave, sell human beings in this day and age on the black market is crazy to me. Um, And then it was interesting because the flip side of that, I do believe that sex work is work. And I do believe that women and men should be able to um, safely engage in the sex industry, just like how porn stars have to take like STD tests, like every two days or three days. Um, and they shut down the industry if somebody is exposed to anything like just how that happens. I do think that um, safeguard measures should be put in place for men and women who want to engage in other forms of sex work. So then I was surprised and like not really surprised, but I kind of was like a little bummed out to learn that HBO is canceling all of its like adult sex um focus content so that includes real sex and the bunny ranch remember that show the bunny ranch when it was like pretty much like a brothel in nevada is run by that old creepy white guy who's always on maury or jerry springer with his girlfriends for some reason and air force amy air force amy was this chick who was like one of the number one um, chicks at the bunny ranch and she dressed up in like American Patriot wear which is so funny considering how this country is having a tissy fit over the American flag and she'd be straight up sucking dick in a stars and striped bikini top on camera of all places so the bunny ranch was all about buying and selling sex and in real sex real sex I would have to admit was probably crucial in my early understanding of sex and sexuality and real sex used to come on Friday nights on HBO I believe after Deaf Comedy Jam so Deaf Comedy Jam would come on like 
12 12 30 and then like right after that one o'clock 1 30 would be real sex or taxi cab confessions and i lived i used to me and my mom used to watch taxi cab confessions together taxi cab confessions was so good it was basically um real yellow cab drivers I think they were real, but it could be TV magic. And they had their yellow cabs rigged up with all of these cameras and they would pick up fares and it'd be late at night and people would just be drunk or angry or tired from work or just had a fight with a boo and all the shit. And the tab drivers would just start talking to them. And you know, that shit cannot happen now because we get upset if our Uber or Lyft driver want to even have a conversation. Like It's like even in the, the rating system, like this motherfucker talk way too much. Two stars. We're just so antisocial. It's ridiculous how much we just don't know how to interact with each other. So Taxi Cab Confessions was amazing because it was just like real people talking about real things. And I really believed, I believed that it was like, it wasn't a reality, it was pre-reality show. It wasn't a reality show. It was like a docu-series and it was really, really good, right? Just like a, like a nosy look into people's lives. And then you had real sex and real sex was, you know, various seasons. So it's like different episodes each season and each episode, uh, I think addressed like two or three um, subsets, subsets within like the sex industry or the sex community. So like in one episode would have like dildo, like Japanese dildo makers, like in Japan in the factory, mad sterile and scientific. And then like hipster swingers who fuck on ant farms and then like they will be like all these crazy people just hugging in nude and dicks out and all this stuff and I think real sex allowed me to just like understand sex and intimacy sensuality in a way that isn't gonna be a, explained to a teenager and I was probably like 13 14 15 16 like that age range and I remember it got to the point where I actually would like sit and watch it with my mom and it would be like oh that's crazy those people are crazy and then we would have a conversation about it if it was something that she felt like I needed more explanation on but I just really appreciate the fact that my mom let me watch that stuff because it informs me and it probably shaped the way I approach sex and intimacy and like my like my ability to be open open-minded about different things because I realized that you know one of the key things that I took away from real sex was that women aren't just like things you know there was a lot of stories or profiles on real sex where they showed women as full human beings with desires and thoughts and wants and they were in control like I remember seeing something about like a dominatrix on real sex and I was like what the hell is a dominatrix what this woman gets paid to beat people up for a living so I want to say thank you HBO for having real sex I'm kind of bummed that you aren't um keeping it from an informative entertainment educational standpoint but then I also understand that everybody has a phone and they can just easily google anything on their phone or just go on a porn site in the middle of the day while they're supposed to be in class or at work because I remember when um truffle butter came out with Lil Wayne and Drake and Nicki Minaj and everybody was like what's truffle butter and then they just googled it and then you know everybody know what truffle butter is so maybe there's no point in having um a whole production set up to learn about obscure aspects of sex and sexuality but you will be missed real sex 
you will be missed. As for the bunny ranch, I used to watch the bunny ranch, but I always was so confused at how like the men would go on there or the couples be on there like, hey, so I want to lose my virginity to this woman I'm about to pay $3,000 to. And I want the cameras to be there. You're like, what? Okay, that's weird. But you know, we learned that we learned that people have a lot of fetishes. And I think that when you have a society that is repressed sexually, those deviancies come out in other ways and it manifests. So hypothetical, this is a hypothetical now. I don't have all the answers, but say if we lived in a world, a country rather, America, where this whole philosophy of sexual repression and male dominance was obsolete didn't work we done everybody's equal you can do what the hell you want to do within good reason and we started to normalize that the thought and the policy around sex work and women can sell and charge however much they want they're in safer environments they don't have to give their money to a pimp which blows my mind blows my mind if i am selling my ass i'm not giving no man uh, the majority of my intake and also shout out to real sex because i think that oh no no it wasn't real sex it wasn't real sex it was pimps up holes down which came out on hbo and in pimps up holes down that was like the first time I saw women who were sex workers who were like, ah, I keep my money. And then it was even like this one lesbian chick who was a pimp. But she was like, I, I treat my ladies with respect. It was funny. She had on a mink and a hat and everything else like a pimp. So that hoe was a pimp. But say we lived in a world where sex work was not uh, was not illegal and women were able to run their affairs accordingly and pay taxes on their pussy money and everything. I believe that that would like undercut the whole sex trafficking industry because those people are now I'm not of course I'm not talking about like child trafficking like that's completely that is not completely different but for this example it's different if you're making consensual sex for sale legal then you don't have to stoop to the level of dealing with pimps kidnapping women putting them on a market, all of that stuff, because the industry will be exposed and therefore regulated. But when you keep the top on something, it allows it to splinter off and create these other mutations of itself because no one's there to do any checks and balances. Um, Chloe Hilliard for president 2020. So with all that said, Milwaukee is a tale of two cities on the front end you have marquette university you have you know great history american history you have the harley davidson museum and all that stuff and then the other side the flip side the dark side is a town not a town but a city that is battling battling intensely with sex trafficking and I'm sure that it's happening in other cities. I'm sure that there are 
people who know folks who are personally affected by this. But I think it's crazy to me that we aren't having a larger conversation about it and about the effects that it has on this world, on this country, on this people, because no one should have to walk around and feel like they are prey. So to all of you who are listening and entertained by my random rants about trotting around this country, there are some highlights to being a comedian. There's some pluses that I definitely do enjoy. Um, I get to engage and I get to meet people. But the downside is, well, not the downside, but the dark side is, is that every once in a while you come across a situation like what's happening here in Milwaukee and it it makes it hard for you to make sense of things. I get paid to come here and tell jokes to kids who whose parents are providing for them or, you know, guardians or whoever's providing for them and, and wants them to be a better person and go to college. But then as soon as I step off the campus, I could look around and possibly land eyes on a woman who had that opportunity taken from her because she was kidnapped and drugged and sold into prostitution. So I guess the moral of this episode is be grateful, be alert, and be vigilant. Take that and do with it as you wish. Thanks for listening. Follow me, Chloe underscore Hilliard, Instagram, Twitter, ChloeHilliard.com to see where I'll be performing next. I'm still on the road, so come out and see me. If I'm in a city that you live near and you like to attend, just DM me on Instagram. I don't check Facebook. And hopefully I can meet you in person. Ta-ta for now.